Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on Off the Couch on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Matt Mitchell, the writing editor at Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. All right. So on this week's show, I sat down with Tailwind Nutrition co-founder Jeff Veerling to hear all about how Tailwind got its start and where it's headed next. And as far as origin stories go, Tailwind has a pretty impressive one. And Jeff did a really good job of walking me through it. All the way from how puking up his breakfast after a mountain bike race finally pushed him to create his own endurance fuel to growing Tailwind Nutrition into the business it is today, along with his wife, Jenny. We also spent a good deal of time talking about some of the science behind how our bodies actually digest fuel on the go. And we did so in ways that just about anybody can understand. Jeff actually taught himself most of what he knows about sports nutrition. And as you'll see from this episode, he really knows his stuff. And before we get into that chat, though, I do want to take a quick minute and encourage you all to check out our Blister membership and all the benefits it offers, including access to all of our flash reviews and deep dives, personalized gear recommendations to help you find the right pair of running shoes, discounts on a bunch of really sweet products we love, and a whole lot more. So check out our Blister membership via the link in the show notes. Okay, let's get right into my conversation with Jeff Veerling. All right, Jeff, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks, Matt. It's great to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. Where are you uh, calling in from today? Uh, I'm calling in from our home base in Durango, Colorado. Awesome. Well, I definitely want to talk about Durango at some point during our conversation, but I figure a good starting spot would be just to ask you for a little bit of background on Tailwind and how it all kind of came together. Uh, I know the origin story involves your head in a trash can after a mountain bike race, correct? <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Um, I, uh, my wife, Jenny, and co-founder uh, was kind enough to catch that on video and, uh, you know, post it up on our website. So, um, I don't know, like something like 30,000 people or something have, have watched me uh, throwing up breakfast into the uh, trash can at the finish line of the Leadville 100 mountain bike race. Um, that was about 13 hours after I ate breakfast. So you can imagine um, pretty much how I was feeling the whole day. And, and that was kind of the start of it for me, just the frustration with um, training hard, uh, really working hard for that race. And actually my legs felt, felt great. Um, but, you know, my stomach was a problem. It was just killing me all day and almost nothing was getting through. So yeah, that was, that was the, uh, that was the kickoff for Tailwind. Did you have a lot of uh, mountain biking experience in the past? Uh, you know, it, it had always been just something that I did for, for fun. And, um, and actually, uh, it's actually how uh, Jenny and I met and, and got to know each other. Um, we were living in Seattle and uh, it turned out that we lived a block from, away from each other and started uh, commuting to go, go mountain bike together. And I think probably, uh, you know, a lot of your listeners will identify with this, with this, but, you know, being covered in mud and, and, uh, <laughs> uh, spitting loogies across the, the trail is a great way to get to know somebody. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of my closest friendships have, uh, have, have come through experiences like that. So you had issues with your stomach during that race. I think when I've had issues during a race or a, or a long run with a certain product, I will, you know, find something else, give that a shot. And then if that doesn't work, I'll move on to the next thing. Did you just kind of exhaust all your options? 
Yeah, that, that's basically, I mean, I did the same thing. I, I was trying everything I could um, and trying it in training. And, you know, race day is always a little bit different. You know, you kind of push yourself a little little more. And particularly at Leadville, I think there's that added factor of just the, the average altitude being so high. Um, it kind of puts stress on your body. But, um, but yeah, I was, I was trying everything. and um, But I was taking a shotgun approach, and I, I really didn't know what I was aiming for. And, um, and so, you know, after, after really a, a couple of years of being frustrated, I, I decided I wanted to be a little more deliberate about that. And I started researching the medical literature on how our bodies fuel. Um, and what I was looking for was really just a way to, to choose a better system. Um, I wasn't, wasn't actually trying to make my own, but as I kind of dove into that and I started understanding some of the basics about how our bodies fuel the active transport mechanisms that are in your small intestine for uh, glucose and sucrose and how those work. And also just understanding that sort of energetically that you're always running a calorie deficit when you're, when you're exercising at anything kind of from a moderate level on up. It really didn't make sense to me to be throwing uh, ingredients at your body that were hard to digest or challenge the digestive system. And so I kind of looked around. I was like, gosh, I understand now some, maybe some reasons I'm having these problems, um, but I wasn't seeing a product out there that, that I thought really kind of matched how the body fuels. And so that's what led me to start making my own. But again, just as like a personal experiment, you know, trying to fix my own problem, not, not trying to start a business at that point. What did that look like? Were you just kind of ordering, you know, powders in bulk over the internet? Um, yeah, basically, um, a lot of, a lot of Amazon and, uh, hitting the, uh, the natural grocers and, um, you know, starting out with kind of a small, very small quantities. And, um, you know, I ordered up a, uh, a micro scale and, um, and I, and I started playing with, with compositions. Um, I, I think, you know, some of the key things I understood, and this is, this is our, what became our endurance fuel product. Um, our first product and, and um, kind of the mainstay for fueling for endurance events. You know, some of the things I understood were that, that hey, you know, your blood flow is diverted away from the digestive tract. Try and make getting the, the calories in as easy as possible. Um, and so that meant matching what the body absorbs in terms of uh, glucose and, and fructose, fructose being the primary energy sources. And then those uh, mechanisms also require um, sodium and, and water to be on hand. Um, and if they are, then you get an active pumping action um, of those, those three things, uh, water and sodium and, and your sugar into your bloodstream. So, so that was kind of my first, my first thing I was trying to do is like, oh, let, let's see if we can do this. Because the theory was if, if it's easy to absorb, then, you know, you're not going to wind up having a bunch of fuel sloshing around in your stomach waiting to go in, waiting to go into the small intestine and be absorbed. And, you know, that kind of full feeling that probably everybody can identify with at, at some point or another. So that was one of the key things, um, really strip it out to just the basics that the body needs, keep it very simple, you know, matching electrolytes, um, matching up to what you're losing through sweat and, and kind of matching that to your water level. So you keep the water and uh, electrolyte levels in balance. And then some other things I think, you know, just from my experience racing, um, the, uh, you know, you just kind of can't take a, a really sweet or, or thick texture for very long, especially if it's hot. 
right? So it's so really trying to keep the flavors really, really mild and as close to water as possible. And then also just trying to keep it really simple. Um, you know, I lined up next to one woman at a Leadville race and in the morning and she had a, a spreadsheet taped to her top tube and, and then, um, and then two, you know, two watches with two timers on each of them. And this was how she was managing her nutrition. And, and really kind of at the time, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the brands were pushing, maybe you need like two sources of fuel plus, plus uh, salt tablets and, you know, maybe three or four things that you needed to be taking in and keeping track of. And, you know, if you're six hours in all that stuff is just hard to, it's, it's hard on your, your brain. It adds stress to the situation. So I really wanted to just keep it simple. Like you got to drink. So if you can drink and get your nutrition and and not worry about it, um, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, in that race with that, that woman next to me, I, I didn't say anything, but I was thinking to myself, I've got, I've got everything I need in my pack. I'm, I'm just going to sip and go. And it was, it's really kind of freeing to be able to do that. Yeah. I think when you're deep into like an endurance event, the hardest thing to do at that point is math, you know, totally. Like I, yeah. I, I was pacing a friend at Western States um, like a couple of weeks ago. And all she wanted me to do is just like remind her like, like when to eat. Cause that's like your brain for whatever reason devolves into <laughs> like the mental capacity of, of a child at that point. Absolutely. And you know, you just find yourself thinking like, Oh, did I take that 10 minutes ago? Or was that an hour ago? Like you just can't remember. Even, right. Right. Um, yeah. So just yeah. having something that you can like continuously sip and you don't need to like take with extra water or supplement with a salt pill makes so much sense to me. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about was how you kind of learned about all of this stuff. What were you doing before that mountain bike race professionally? And how did you go about kind of like, you know, essentially becoming a, a, a home chemist? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have asked me that if I have a background in nutrition or chemistry or things like that. And uh, no, not really. Um, I, uh, I did grow up in a, a family with uh, of physicians. Um, so it was kind of around um, the medical world, you know, kind of all, all my life. Um, so I, I, that was sort of my first go-to is like, I, I want to look at the medical literature on, on how our bodies fuel and what the needs really are for endurance sports. Um, so, so that's really kind of how I educated myself. Um, but no, my, uh, my kind of professional direction was in, uh, software, uh, design and project management. Um, and, um, you know, I'm just maybe by nature a problem solver. Like I, I kind of look at problems as a challenge and an opportunity. And, um, and so, uh, you know, when I was just frustrated with like, I, I can't seem to find the formula that works for me. I don't even know what I'm looking for. Um, you know, that, that just to me made sense to just educate myself more about it. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's been a long road since then. Uh, we just celebrated our 10th year uh, anniversary in um, at the end of May. And so <laughs> I've learned a lot over those 10 years, that's for sure. Um, definitely some from, uh, you know, from those early days and, and really understanding um, scientifically what's going on, but also a lot from our customers, too. Do you have any kind of funny stories about uh, when you were first starting out? Like, were there just some formulations that were absolutely terrible 
<laughs> well, I, I will say uh, one of the hardest things about that that process was um, getting you know getting the flavors right, and that took that took probably a year and a half of experimentation. Uh, you know, flavor and texture matter just they just matter so much, right? Uh, in yeah. terms of whether you're going to keep using something, and um, and so uh, there, I, I learned a lot about flavors too. Like uh, um, some flavors that you think sound like sound great, but but actually don't turn out to be that way in in, in real life um, when you're trying to make a drink. And uh, like watermelon is an example of that. It's it's. Watermelon is terrific if you have it just right. If you are, if it's a hot day and you're um, you're running with more water in your in your mix, then then it tastes awful. <laughs> or um, you know, or conversely, if it's um, you get it slightly too concentrated and you're like it's like Jolly Rancher, right? And uh, and so yeah, they were they were they were kind of bad. Um, I was thinking one of the funny ones was uh, when when we were developing the uh, recovery mix. One of the key things about that is that we use um, amino acids to to buff out the um, the brown rice protein and turn that into a complete protein. Now, amino acids, no matter how you slice it, are really bitter. <laughs> they they, uh, they just they're just bitter, and um, and there's very little you can do to cover that. So uh, one of the early experiments was really just like trying to do um, make the protein completely from amino acids. And, um, my daughter, uh, was playing soccer at the time. And so she was kind of a little bit of a guinea pig of, uh, hitting her with the recovery right afterwards. And I, I gave her a whole Nalgene of this and she takes one sip and she looks at me and she goes, I can, I am not going to drink this and you cannot make me. <laughs> <laughs> and I took a sip and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> Yeah, you hit on a really good point, though, because I think, again, when you're deep into these endurance events, like you don't really want to eat. You've been eating like the same thing for like hours and hours by that point. So like having a flavor that like goes down regardless of like whether you're at mile 15 or or mile, you know, 90 of a mountain bike race or a, a hundred miler is like super, super important and something that I didn't really take into account until I was like, yeah, you know in too deep, uh, on, on a, a few runs to where I just like stopped eating completely. Um, yeah. and I know that like flavor science is a legitimate science and, and one that like always fascinates me cause it sounds so ridiculous, but, um, how long did it take you guys to go from kind of testing flavors to like settling on ones to take to production? Well, I, I was pretty focused on, um, of what's what's now our mandarin orange flavor um just because i like mandarin orange so um so that's what i worked on uh and um and so yeah it, it took about a year and a half to get to the point where i was really really happy with that but even at that point it was really kind of just my secret weapon i wasn't um you know it wasn't a business and so the other flavors came a little bit a little bit later after um after we started thinking about it as as a business so when did, when did that point come? When were you like, oh, wow, okay, like this is what I want to do. Like we got to kind of ramp this up. So I was, um, you know, I shared what I was doing with, um, with my friends around the, uh, the Durango area, which is just, which is a great place to develop a new product like this because, um, you know, there are just a ton of athletes and, um, 
doing really, you know, extraordinary things in all sorts of sports. So, um, so the feedback was, was really positive from them. And I was also sharing it with people that I had met through Leadville, you know, they kind of, kind of, they kind of kept, kept coming back and, and asking for more. And I was making it on, uh, Jenny's grandmother's kitchen aid from the 1930s in our, in our kitchen. And, I was literally meeting people in parking lots and handing off baggies of white powder. You know, <laughs> it was, it was kind of crazy. Um, there was one guy that, uh, that I, uh, that got like five bags, a five, five gallon size bags and we put it into his truck and he, we kind of looked at each other like, it's like, I think I need to put a blanket over that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it, it definitely looked suspicious. So that was kind of going on and the, the feedback was very positive and saying, Hey, this is the best stuff I've ever tried. But there's one woman that I met through Leadville and, and she had dropped out the year that I was, that I met her stomach problems for her it were just the, the name of the game. And she had not been able to finish a hundred mile race and she, she'd tried seven of them. And so I just gave her some of this and, um, she emailed a couple months later and said she'd finished the Shenandoah 100 and that she felt fantastic the whole day. And, um, and then she broke down in tears as she was crossing the finish line. And uh, I think you could probably identify with that. And probably a lot of, a lot of listeners can too. They just that you know, work, you work so hard for something and when something gets in your way and, and then you're finally over to, able to overcome that, it's, it's such a great feeling. It's a great feeling that, that carries into the rest of your life too. That was kind of when, you know, Jenny and I looked at each other and said, Hey, this might be something that could really benefit people and, and benefit them uh, kind of in their lives. And, and that could be something that's, that's worthwhile to pursue as a business. So that was uh, uh, the kind of lead up to summer of 2012. And, um, and we, we threw up a website and we did some sampling at the Iron Horse, um, which is a, a bike race here in Durango over um, Memorial Day weekend. And, um, and, uh, had a, a partnership with a local, local bike store called mountain bike specialist that agreed to kind of be our first retail customer, um, even before we had packaging and, um, and we were, we were sort of off the races. How did you land on the name tailwind? Um, so that, that comes from uh, hiking in the, uh, on Hermosa Creek trail. And, um, we were just tossing around names and, um, uh, names are actually really hard because, um, because you have to also find something that isn't taken, <laughs> um, you know, that's, that you have a web domain for and, um, and that you can trademark and those kinds of things. So, um, we were just thinking about like, Hey, you know, what's that feeling of, like when you have a wind at your back, you know, the, the tailwind and, you just feel like you're sailing along effortlessly and, you know, it has a little bit of double meanings too. And we thought that was kind of funny, but, but yeah, that was, that was what you're trying to capture is like, Hey, we're just as a brand, you know, we're, we're just pushing, giving you that little push in the back and, and helping you along. Yeah. I really like that. So what were like the kind of the next steps? Like I know you guys are still based out of Durango, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, so next steps, I mean, kind of coming out of the, uh, out of the kitchen, literally, um, uh, we bought a mixer, um, to be able to do a little bit larger quantities and, um, you know, the motor on that was 800 bucks. So, uh, so Jenny was like, Hey, let's go with the hand crank model. 
So, so I would literally, literally crank this thing like 50 times and shake it out and do another crank of 50 times. Um, it was, it was very, uh, rudimentary and very, um, you know, MacGyver, uh, I, we needed to sift the ingredients to, to get out any kind of lumps and clumps. And so I, you know, had a, a stainless steel sifter and hooked up a motor from a random, random orbit sander to that. And that made it vibrate so it could really sift fast. Um, <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Um, that got us up to being able to do like a hundred, hundred pounds at a time of, of batches. And, um, you know, we were still hand filling, you know, hand filling all every bag and, uh, we're kind of buying like uh, bags that were made for coffee um, and using um, stickers and applying those stickers. And when we go out of town, we just take like take the printer with us and and stock in the back of our truck. And wherever we we were, we'd uh, we just uh, pack up the orders and and uh, take them over to the post office and send them off. And so those were those were really early days. And and then we did we moved into our first um, facility. It was a shared shared facility. Um, with another food company out in Dolores, uh, which is about 45 minutes outside of Durango. Um, really just like a garage bay is what it was. But um, by the end of that year, uh, the other food company had moved out. We'd taken over the full space and brought on four employees and um, and shipped our first pallet internationally to Australia and to our Australian partner. Um, so we just started growing really fast. And uh, and then um, later on, we, um, we, we moved... Um, from that kind of garage into uh, a bigger facility in Bayfield, which is just outside of Durango, and uh, kind of had everything there—the manufacturing and the and our fulfillment and warehouse. We outgrew that, and fortunately, another warehouse came online right next door. So we we uh, expanded into that, and we're kind of in with those two facilities right now. Um, that's that's where we are right now. But um, we are working this summer on uh, on building out a new building. It's uh, going to be out by the airport in, in Durango. And, um, and that's going to allow us to combine uh, the production and the warehouse together in, in one place and, and give us more space to keep on growing. So um, that's, that's been pretty exciting. Why is it so important for you guys to stay in Durango? Because I, I imagine that, you know, it, it, it throws a few like logistical issues your way just in terms of like workforce when it might be easier to kind of uproot and go somewhere where things are cheaper, there's more people to work. But it seems like you guys throughout your throughout the company's history have like maintained your yeah location and your like loyalty to Durango. And I'm wondering kind of why. You know, I, I think it really dates back to um, what we're trying to do as a business. We, we got some really great advice um, from one of the founders of, of backcountry.com who's has since passed away. Um, but, but he was like, you know, Hey, think about, think about what success really looks like for you, you know, monetary, you know, the, 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 the financial side of it, obviously it's important. You you have to be able to be profitable and, and grow to, to have a business that lasts, but he's like beyond, beyond that, you know, what is it, what does it feel like to you? Um, what's important to you? And, and so that really made us thinking about, hey, you know, we want to be known, um, we want to be known to our customers and, and in, the, in the industry, in the outdoor industry as the company that, um, as a company that really, really cares. Um, 
we kind of think of our, we, we, we talk about it internally, like as being a support crew, like, like we're kind of your support crew for nutrition. And, and we mostly care about helping our customers be able to achieve what their, their goals are. Um, that, but that also applies internally to, to our, our team and, um, how we treat each other and to our community. So, um, you know, this is a place that, this is the place that we live. It's a tough place to make it economically, frankly, you know, it's a hard place to, 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 to be and have a career and, um, buy a house and start a family and those kinds of things. And so we just saw that opportunity that, Hey, we could create, um, you know, we could create some good jobs that are year round and that, you know, allow, and, and honestly it is, it's happened. And it's been the best part of kind of, I think of running the business here is seeing our employees buy houses and start families and, and actually, you know, be part of this community because, you know, kind of in a big picture, mountain towns struggle with that. They, they struggle with having a middle and, um, and, and um, we just felt like it was something we could do. And that as a, as a business model, by, by making things here, um, you know, we're kind of exporting around the U S and around the, the world. And, and, and those dollars are coming back in, they're going to our employees they're going into our, our community and they're helping to support making, you know, this a good place, can, can, being able to continue to be a great place to live. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of mountain towns struggled during the pandemic as well. Um, I'm wondering if you can share a few of the biggest kind of work related challenges you guys faced during that period. Um, I know you started the Tailwind Hospital Support Program, and I think that's super cool. And I, I'd love for you to share a bit more about it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the first thing was um, we weren't really sure we could even keep operating um, in those early days. It was, you know, things were changing rapidly. So um, we were really trying to to uh, figure out, gosh, okay, can we keep manufacturing? It turned out that we could because as a food manufacturer, um, that was one of the industries that was allowed to keep operating. But then the real question was, how do we keep our employees safe, you know, and think back at that time, we didn't have testing. We didn't really know a lot. Right. Um, so, so really working to, with our team to implement, um, procedures so that we could keep operating and not put everybody at risk. Um, so that was, that was super challenging. I mean, I don't think I slept that, that I think it was like March of <laughs> 2020. I don't know. That's where I slept that whole month. Right. <laughs> Cause it was just one yeah. thing after another. Um, but, uh, but it really, you know, I, I wound up, um, on a phone call with all of our employees individually and just talking through their concerns and how we can address them. And, um, also assuring them that we were going to do our best to keep everybody employed and then come out of this, you know, on the other end intact but to do that, we had to keep everybody healthy. So that was kind of job number one. The, uh, you know, we also thought about it from um, our customer standpoint. Basically, everybody's training plans went out the window. Um, all the races were canceled, um, you know, and, and focus changed uh, to their other things in their lives. So, um, you know, we saw a pretty big drop off almost immediately in wholesale. Uh, our international um, it was, you know, went to kind of zero because, um, most countries were even kind of, kind of tighter, like lockdown than the U S. Um, so, you know, we just put, uh, we put everything on sale, um, for the whole month of April that, that year, um, on our website and just threw the message out there that, Hey, we're, 
you know, we are your support crew too for this too. Like we want you to, we want you to stay engaged. We get it. Everybody's training is out the window, but um, it's so important from a physical health and mental health standpoint to stay active. So we want to you know help you do that. And I thought, you know, the amazing thing was how our customers responded and, um, and that, that was, that was really, really heartening. Um, and that was about the time that we'd heard from one of our partners about um, a hospital in Denver that had this need that, um, Hey, the, uh, the hospital staff were working 12 hour shifts with, um, done, you know, head to toe in PPE. Um, the hospital was not allowing them to bring anything in, um, other than a water bottle. Um, because, you know, even at that time we didn't know that you couldn't transmit COVID with, you know, your, your objects or clothing or things like that. So, um, so they were just struggling. Like, how do I get through 12 hours? I can't, I can't even take this stuff off because they didn't have enough to replace it with. Um, you know, so we were like, well, Hey, if we can, if we can fuel an athlete for, um, 12 hours, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, we can fuel, um, a doctor or a nurse for 12 hours. And so we, we agreed to ship them just a a whole, you know, a whole case of, um, our single serve packs, um, some of our endurance fuel and some of our recovery. And they were really grateful for that. They said it really was making a, a difference for the staff. And uh, by the way, here's five other hospitals we know who had the same problem. So, so we contacted them and we did the same thing with them and, um, and then threw it out to our, our customers um, and said, Hey, this is what we're doing. Do you guys know of other hospitals that have this kind of a similar need? And, you know, our thinking on that was like we, everybody, you know, some businesses were shifting to, to making PPE and we were like, well, we don't, we don't sew anything, you know, what, what can we do here? But then it was like, Oh, well, maybe there is something we can do and be part of this. And it was, um, giving our staff and our, our employees a reason to, uh, you know, a a positive reason, feeling like we could contribute, um, a reason to keep going. And, um, and actually, you know, I think living up to our ethos and what we were, what we aim to do. Right. So, uh, so customers, uh, ended up uh, connecting us with 130 hospitals and um, and they also were like, Hey, I want to participate. So, uh, so we put up a donation uh, product where people could buy uh, however many single serves they wanted and we would match that. And I think in total numbers, we more than we, we like tripled it. But um, you know, in the end, I, I think, you know, we, we shipped something like 60,000, 70,000 uh, of single serves out to, out to hospitals and it just made a huge difference for us uh, to feel like we were doing something, doing something positive here um, other than just trying to deal with all the, all the negative, you know, of, of handling um, of how we had to work and, you know, not being able to see each other and talk to each other. That's incredible. Yeah. I think that like, not only is that just like such a, uh, you know, charitable act, but you, like, it's even more impressive because you're already dealing with all the COVID issues in production anyway, you know? Um, so it's really cool to see you guys come out the other side of that. Um, how big is Tailwind now? How many um, pounds of product do you guys ship out a year? Uh, okay. You're going to ask me, uh, that's a tough one. I, I think we did at the end of 2021. Let's see. Um, it was, uh, I just did this right. We, we did about 10 million servings. Um, it, wow. It's, uh, yeah. Um, 
yeah, a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that works. That's a good answer. Yeah. Um, another question I had for you, because this is a running podcast, and I know that Tailwind was kind of inspired by a mountain bike race, but it's now used pervasively in ultras and, and, and on trails, uh, especially, yeah, by some really notable athletes in, in the trail world. Did you have that mm-hmm. kind of sport in mind when you started? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I think of myself, I mean, I, I was racing that, that mountain bike race, but, um, you know, I'm an outdoor, I'm an outdoor athlete. I love being outdoors. I love, you know, I love hiking. I, I, I do enjoy trail running. I'm not very good at it, <laughs> um, but it is, it's definitely part of what I do. Um, I like, you know, I love skate skiing, um, you know, skiing in, in the winter, uh, snowshoeing. And I, I think that that's actually true of, it's, it's true of ultra runners. It's true of trail runners as well. Uh, it's true of mountain bikers. Like we all do different things. Um, so, you know, we might have like one primary sport, but, um, but you know, it's variety that it, variety is a spice of life. Right. Um, and any way to get out in the woods or get up, uh, get up high and have a great view is, uh, is good in my book. So, um, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think one thing we've learned, um, is that, you know, running just kind of physically, the motion is, is something that can really upset people's stomachs, uh, pretty easily. So I think, I think the need was very, um, um, kind of pertinent, obvious for running. And, um, and that's one of the reasons that, that, um, tailwind has gained a lot of traction in, in that space, I think. Yeah. I think, uh, that's kind of why I asked because I've, you know, I've, ridden bikes in the past and I was able to kind of stop for a burger and a beer mid ride. But if you asked me to do that in the middle of a run, my stomach would, would tap out immediately. Um, yep. so yeah, I'm, I'm curious, like what are the kind of different kind of physical demands that running places on the, on the stomach versus say like riding a bike? Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, biking is a, there are a lot of different kind of categories of biking. Um, and so, you know, our products might be more suitable for the endurance, um, the endurance and the, maybe the enduro kind of, um, categories than they are for, uh, say riding on a bike path or things like that. And even, you know, and even road cycling, um, tends to be shorter duration as well for most people. So, um, so there's kind of more, it's not sort of strictly sports sport, but there, there may be subcategories of the sports that really cross over. Um, but running, uh, the, the, when you, you kind of think about how the body fuels, um, the first thing that happens is it, it hits your mouth and I'll throw a little, little fun fact in here, but, um, but if you, if, if you even swish around carbohydrates in your mouth, um, that actually sends a signal to your brain that, Hey, food is on the way. Uh, you don't even need to swallow it. And it, and your, your brain will actually release some of your stored glycogen as, as blood sugar. Um, so you can actually boost your blood sugar temporarily just by swishing a carbohydrate around in your mouth. Um, that's gonna get, not going to get you very far, but it might help you at the start of a race, right? So after you've gone through your, your, your mouth and you've kind of started to break some things down with saliva, um, it goes into your stomach and, and you've got acid in your stomach. But the primary purpose of the, the stomach serves in all this is to is to make soup. It's to make, it's to, it's to make a fluid with small enough particles that it can pass into the small intestine where most of your, your fuel absorption is taking place. So, uh, if you think about that and you, you throw like a, 
turkey sandwich at it, right? Um, or you know your burger and a beer, right? Well, it can take it can take quite a long time for um, for your stomach to turn that into soup, and um, and in the meantime, it's just sitting there like in a bag, and you're bouncing up and down, right? It is it's sloshing. That's that sloshing feeling. You know, when you feel sloshing, that's what you're feeling is your stomach being full, and and it it's working. It's you know kind of physically physically moving, uh, you know, moving your, like a washing machine kind of, and then it's also hitting with acid, but it's also flushing water through. And, um, and that's another thing that, that I think people don't necessarily think about, uh, when eating foods is, is that it actually takes, takes water in order to process that, to make that soup. And so if you don't drink enough water in conjunction with a, with a food or with a gel, you know, your, your body will supply it out of your bloodstream to, to help it, help you process that. So, um, those are kind of two things with running. I mean, just that, that physical motion and, and what that leads to sort of logically is like, well, you don't want, you don't want your fuel to spend much time in your stomach, right? You want it to right. pass through as quickly and as easily as possible. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I had no idea about that, that swishing, Fun fact, uh, I might try that next time I, I tow the line somewhere. So I do want to talk about Tailwind's product specifically um, for those that might not be familiar with with what you guys have in your lineup. Um, do you mind running through um, what you guys are currently selling? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so the, the product that we kind of talked about the origin of, that's our endurance fuel. And um, and that's been, you know, so, since, the, since the inception of Tailwind. Um, and that is that is providing you. It's it's a drink mix. Um, all of our products are dry powders. You mix them with water, but um, it's a drink mix. And what you're getting out of that are calories. Uh, so you're getting your energy that that you need, um, and then you're you're getting electrolytes. Um, and because you're mixing it with water, uh, your hydration. Really, the the three basic things that your body needs to um, needs to you know. Um, sustain, sustain energy for uh, in a long period of time, and um, and so that's really the fuel that's meant to um, keep you going as as long as you want to go, um, you know, on a, on your run. So um, that's our endurance fuel. Uh, the we also then created a recovery mix, um, and that does a, f- a few different things. Um, the first thing it does is. Um, it provides you with the carbohydrates that your body needs to take advantage of the, the kind of short window after exercise when it is more receptive to insulin. And the insulin is kind of the hammer that's driving energy back into your cells. So during that short window, you need to kind of spike your insulin with just the right amount of carbohydrates and the right kinds of carbohydrates to drive energy into your cells as fa- fast as possible. And that's what rebuilds your energy um, you know, for your next day. And once your body's satisfied its energy needs, then the mechanisms for rebuilding muscle can turn, can turn on. And for that, the body uses complete protein. Um, and complete protein is the nine essential amino acids that are in just the right ratios to each other. Most proteins have um, complete portions and incomplete portions. And uh, sort of the gold standard on that um, of uh, – would be a whey protein, like a whey protein isolate. Um, so to give you an idea, like out of 10 grams of whey protein isolate, 2.7 grams of that is complete. 
but the body needs about 15 grams to fully recover from a, a fully an exhaustive workout. Let's say you did a hundred mile run, right? That's an exhaustive workout. Um, so you're fully exhaustive. You need about 15 grams of complete protein. So that's quite a bit of, of protein that you need. So we, we started with a organic brown rice protein and then layered the individual amino acids on top of that to make a complete vegan protein. And, um, that, uh, t- by way of comparison, um, out of 10 grams of protein, seven and a half grams of that is complete. So it's, it's a, a very efficient kind of protein. Um, and that's what, uh, one serving of our recovery has in it is seven and a half grams of, of, of complete protein. And then if you were doing something like a hundred mile run, you could double up on that and, and, and meet your full needs. And then the third thing it does is to um, provide you the electrolytes for rehydration because uh, most of us wind up pretty dehydrated by the end of something. Um, so that's, that's our recovery. It's the, that, that energy replacement, the glycogen replacement, it's what turns you around quickly. So you can actually kind of feel better the same day and not just go straight for the couch and be wiped out. And, uh, and then the, uh, you know, the muscle rebuilding can take place. Um, and then uh, just last week, we launched our whole new product line um, called Active Hydration. And um, this is, uh, as the name might sound like <laughs> implies, it's, uh, it's hydration for people, for active people. And, you know, what we'd heard from our, um, from our customers is that, you know, even if you're an endurance athlete, not every workout is, is an endurance workout. Um, we all go to the gym. Uh, we all have, uh, you know, jobs and families and, and might be, might maybe we squeeze in an hour instead of, uh, you know, six hours. Right. And, and there are just times when you don't need all the energy that that endurance fuel provides. So this is a way to, to stay hydrated, but, uh, but without all the, all the calories that you have in the endurance fuel. So it's, it's great for, you know, it's great for like an hour long workout, uh, your time at the gym. It's also good if you, let's say you're going out for a morning run or a, a lunch run and you come back to the office and now you just want to, you want to catch up on that, that hydration. It's also something we've heard from people that have felt like, Hey, uh, our brand didn't really have products for them. You know, people that don't do, um, you know, super long events, but uh, maybe they're do maybe they do 10 Ks or a half marathon, or maybe they don't race at all. And they're just, they're really into it for, for fitness and enjoyment. And so this is a, a product that is suitable for that too. Yeah, I I was lucky enough to get my hands on a box or two of the active hydration and I use it most morning just as a way to like kickstart the hydration um, for my day. And for whatever reason, I have trouble drinking just plain water. So putting in a packet of the active hydration just kind of <laughs> gives me a little bit of encouragement. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so is there kind of any reasoning behind why you guys have stuck to, um, like powder based foods rather than, you know, expanding to like gummies or, or bars or anything like that? Yeah. Um, and it it really goes back to two core things. Um, you know, one is that we want to provide, um, nutrition that is consistent and, um, and, uh, is very easy to, uh, keep track of and easy to use, um, and simple and simple to use. Um, as you, as your regimen gets more complex, it, it also gets harder to, um, 
harder both to know and harder to regulate, you know, how many calories you're taking in per hour, um, how many, you know, how many electrolytes. Um, I mean, most people, myself included, you know, uh, if you ask like how many, how many grams or how many milligrams of sodium do you, do you need an hour? Like, uh, do you know, Matt? <laughs> um, I, I, uh, no idea. Yeah, no idea. Right. Um, and, and so, uh, trying to trying to kind of manage that adds adds stress to the whole situation. So, so we're we're really trying to keep it simple, consistent, repeatable, um, so that you can you can train with our products, um, and you can know that when it comes to your event, you that it's going to work exactly the way you you anticipate it does. Um, that said, I mean we're we're sort of agnostic about um, you know we, we going back to the support crew idea. We we're happy if tailwind is part of what you use and you decide to use something else and we just provide some guidelines on that like hey if you're going to get 100 calories from from another source then then dial back by 100 calories on your tailwind and keep your try and keep your intake um consistent but uh but it's really about that especially for for ultra um and long distances that you know even kind of small mistakes along the way uh you you are let's say you under drink by two ounces an hour. Um, well, by, you know, hour, hour 10, you're down 20 ounces. Right. Um, and that's like, that's almost like 20 ounces of blood that you're missing. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, so small, you know, small changes can make a big difference over, over a longer period of time. So, um, you know, we try and keep it very simple and, um, and then uh, also fairly simple to be flexible with uh, adapting it to to what works for you. That's a great answer. Um, so before we get out of here, I know you guys just launched your active hydration line, but is there anything else that we can kind of look forward to uh, for the rest of the year? Uh, so uh, we are, um, you know, kind of as a business, we've got uh, this move uh, that I was talking about to a new building going on. So. Um, so that's going to be a bit of a dance uh, the, the rest of this, uh, the summer and into the, um, into the fall. Um, but um, we have been playing around with some new flavors that um, maybe if all things work out, we uh, might, might come, uh, come out in a limited edition um, sort of way um, this fall. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, Jeff, thanks for, for chatting with me. Uh, I really enjoyed our conversation and uh, yeah, folks, uh, Tailwind is a great product that I've used for years. Um, and I think from this conversation, you get a sense of, of what kind of company they are. So, and what products available on your website, right? Yeah. Uh, tailwindnutrition.com. Um, we're also, uh, you know, in, um, especially run stores all across the country and, um, uh, in some areas like in REI as well. So, um, you know, definitely a shout out to our, our retailers. And, and if you've got a local shop that you love, um, look for us there or ask for it. If they don't carry it, be happy to supply there. Also on, on Amazon as well. So different ways of getting it. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, thanks, Matt. It was a pleasure. That's it for this edition of Off the Couch. Thanks to Jeff for the conversation. Thanks to Justin Bob for producing this episode. And from everyone here at Blister, please take good care of yourself, keep moving forward, and we'll talk to you again next week.